Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of approximately 1,000 churches in Kansas and Nebraska. As the title of this podcast suggests, I'm not ordained clergy, so what I share comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 20 years of experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teens to 90-somethings, and I'm excited to share what Scripture has to say to us in today's society, and I love to tell stories of how people live their faith. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes include interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. And other episodes include some short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. When people think of the church, they often think of the pastor. But the church really is made up of the laity, the people who call that place of gathering for a group of believers in Christ their church home. The United Methodist Church has several formal methods for training lay people for ministry. We have certified lay servants, certified lay speakers, and even certified lay ministers. And it's that last category, CLMs, that I want to start talking about today. In this episode, we're starting a short series on CLMs who either lead congregations or assist with ministry in congregations or prepare CLMs for ministry. I serve as a CLM since July 1st at Centenary United Methodist Church in Lawrence, Kansas. Officially, I've been a CLM for about 18 months. In fact, I had my meeting with the District Committee on Ordained Ministry. That's the body that interviews people near the end of the process just before the world shut down due to the pandemic in March 2020. So I'm still relatively new to all this. I want to introduce you today to Jada Hodson, a CLM who currently serves the congregation at Plum Creek United Methodist Church near Paola, Kansas. She's been doing this for a long time. In fact, we have every reason to believe that Jada was the very first certified lay minister in the United Methodist Church. I had the opportunity to talk to Jada recently as she awaited her annual consultation with her district superintendent. We met prior to this annual meeting at Paola First United Methodist Church just a little while ago. I hope you'll enjoy the conversation. Welcome to In Layman's Terms, Jada. Thank you, Todd. Uh, you have given me the opportunity to talk about one of my favorite topics. I love certified lay ministry, so thank you for that. Well, we're going to try to crack the code and maybe make it a little less mysterious for people here today. Uh, we, we love acronyms in the United Methodist Church, and CLM is one of those that some people just don't know what that means. So we're going to get into that, but let's go ahead and just get started with you. Uh, so you've been a certified lay minister for a long time. Uh, tell us when, uh, how long you served as a CLM, I guess I should say, and what drew you to that? I was first assigned to a two-point charge in October of 2004. Okay. <laughs> so I have been doing this for a very long time. Um, the district superintendent called and said, do you think you're ready to take a church? And I said, yes, I, I think I am. And he said, great, I've got two for you. And so <laughs> we were off to the races. Um, and I have, have been at Union Chapel in Ottawa, Princeton, and uh, now at Plum Creek. And so I, I have loved the congregations that I've been with. 
Now, I got started. I went to a basic course for Lay Servant Ministries. I think it was about 2001. And uh, in the Kansas East Conference, we had a program called the Commissioned Lay Speaker, which was designed to help get folks in the pulpit because CLM, Certified Lay Minister, hadn't been created yet. So um, I went, I heard about it. I thought, that's a wonderful program for someone else because I, <laughs> I am so shy that I thought I will never get up there. That's just not possible. I came home, and about two weeks later, I woke up about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I say I have been outvoted God to one. And uh, so I waited a very long seven hours until my pastor was in the office. I didn't, didn't think he'd welcome a call at wouldn't, home at wouldn't, 2. Wouldn't appreciate the overnight call. Might not have. And I said, I need a charge conference. I want to go for this. And then uh, I was able to be... I was privileged to be in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the 2004 General Conference when the conference created Certified Lay Minister. Wow. And that was paragraph 272 for you metho nerds out there. <laughs> and I still have my 2004 Book of Discipline because that's, that was the beginning. Okay. So what took you to Pittsburgh? I was a member of the delegation okay. uh, from the Kansas East Kansas Conference. East Conference. Okay. I was an alternate to jurisdiction, which meant that my role was essentially that of a potted plant. Uh, I, was, I was invited to, to go and, and learn. And so what I primarily did was receive all of the uh, info pieces from all of the different caucuses and, and uh, groups read them so that the delegates who were actually on the floor could have a rundown each evening of what what was in the air. You, you were an intel gatherer. I was. Okay. Uh, and so just so people understand, prior to 2004, there was no certified lay ministry program. Uh, now, there was lay ministry. Um, we had lay speakers. Uh, that was what was, that's what it used to be called. Uh, but lay speakers has a different connotation today than it did prior to 2004. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar, uh, we'll just kind of walk through this, I guess, the process. If you're interested at all, and since you're listening to this, you must be at least a little bit interested, uh, you start off taking a basic course. And the basic course really is what it sounds like. It's getting you started. It, it's, it's the opportunity to learn a little bit about Wesleyan theology, uh, history of the church, uh, absolute basics. And then you take one advanced course, and you become what's known as a certified lay servant. I had to get my, had to get my, my stuff right there. Uh, and then if you decide that you want to go further than that, the CLM program, or you can be a certified lay speaker after you take six specific classes. We're not going to get into that today. We will get into that in a future episode. But then certified lay ministry, really what that means is you can do pulpit supply. You can be assigned to a church. You don't necessarily have to be assigned to a church. Matter of fact, most CLMs outside of the Great Plains Conference do things like lead youth ministry, uh, music ministry, specialty ministries like dealing with uh, folks who are uh, advanced in age, uh, very specific things. Sometimes deacons do those things, but a lot of lay people do it as well. So that's kind of the background on, on CLMs. The Great Plains Conference uses CLMs a little bit differently uh, because we have such a shortage of pastors. Uh, although that's not the reason that you're a CLM, because you were there before we had 
the shortage. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to go through the CLM program and not go into what we called ordained ministry. I did what my mother called settling because she thought that to be a minister, you needed to do the course of study or seminary route. Um, and I settled for certified lay minister. But the reality is that my law practice is actually part of my ministry. And I knew that if I went the ordination route and was a full-time pastor, that legal ministry would fall away because I really couldn't do two full-time positions at the same time. And so um, one of the things was to be able to maintain my legal practice. The other was as a certified lay minister, uh, I'm not obligated or my, the congregation I serve is not obligated to some of the, the uh, salary requirements and insurance and parsonage and all of that. So I'm much more affordable to assign than uh, a full-time pastor. And because you have a day job, uh, you don't necessarily need those things. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit about your law practice. You said that's actually part of your ministry. Let's help people understand because some folks don't understand that our vocation can be our ministry as well. Yes, I, uh, I'm an estate planner. I do, uh, I call it elder law. It's called elder law. But I do estate planning, wills and trusts and that sort of thing. Often a client will come in for an appointment and I'll have to set aside my hymnal or my sermon notes that I'm working on for Sunday in order to have the interview with them. So um, I've had a number of people come in over the years who say, I've got a question that's just well, it's too dumb to take to my pastor, but could I ask you? And uh, after we talk it through, I say, now that you know that it's really not a stupid question, go home and talk with your pastor about it. Because I've always believed that we're supposed to be shepherds and not rustlers. So, um, in, in fact, one, one afternoon, a, a person who had lost their spouse came in and had, had concocted a legal question. <laughs> so to have an excuse to come in, we talked for an hour and a half about the lost spouse and the grieving process and all of this. And, and oh, by the way, here's the legal question so that I, you know, have my ticket to come. And uh, when the person left, it was with a smile and said, uh, well, how much do I owe you for my therapy session today? And I just smiled and I said, that's one of the few licenses I don't hold, so there's no charge. <laughs> but so often people will come in and, and I've got a, my, my bookcase in my office is about half legal stuff, half Bible study stuff. And I've had people borrow from that library on top shelf and bottom shelf. So it's, a, it's really very nice. And where's your office located? It's in Lacine, Kansas. In Lacine, okay. So uh, rural community, small yes. small town, uh, and the communities that you've served as a pastor have, for the most part, been smaller communities, but not teeny tiny. I mean, they've been just kind of outside, like outside Paola, mm -hmm. outside um, uh, Ottawa. Um, so you know, close to some population centers there. Uh, I want to back up just a little bit, though. One question I didn't ask you when we were talking about 2004 in Pittsburgh is. We are pretty sure that you're the first CLM in the United Methodist Church. If you're not the first, you are one of the first. So tell us a little bit about what that 
process was like, because you literally were kind of plowing some new ground. Walk us through what that process was like and when you kind of came to that realization that, wow, I might be the first of this. I was uh, under the Kansas East Conference, the commissioned lay speaker. And when I got the 2004 Book of Discipline, I saw that the curriculum matched the uh, certified lay minister and our commissioned lay speaker matched just point for point. So I wrote a letter to uh, the registrar from the District Committee on Ordained Ministries and said, I think I'm ready. I, I, it seems that the curriculum matches, and, and there was a provision in the Book of Discipline for or equivalent uh, as, as amended or adopted by the annual conference. Uh, the district committee agreed, and, and uh, my first three years of interviews with the district committee had a lot of, so what is a certified lay minister again, and what are we supposed to do with you? So uh, it was, it was sort of an adventure. It it still is, but it is really fun to be able to have come into this this ministry and see the excitement of people who are being called to a lay ministry to maintain their their secular jobs and use those secular jobs as part of their witness opportunity making their secular work part of their mission field. Um, and so I have, have been working with uh, Dr. Carl Ellis with the Academy for the Small Membership Church for more than a dozen years. And uh, so I get to be part of the launch of, of these new certified lay ministers. And as I was preparing for our conversation last night, I realized that with this year's Foundations in Ministry class, I will have gotten to participate in the, the launch of a certified lay minister in each of the three churches I have served. Oh, that's very cool. It is. Now, the, the pastor that I helped with uh, at Princeton is no longer a certified lay minister. She's a licensed local pastor now. Um, and the newest one is at Union Chapel, and she is starting the process. And then uh, one of my right-hand guys at Plum Creek, uh, Curtis Wyckoff, is very close. He's uh, about two classes out. So okay. that, is, that is so exciting to see God work like that. Well, and it's, it's the, the concept. I've heard Adam Hamilton at Church of the Resurrection say many times that pastors, number one, one of the jobs is to make sure you replace yourself. Uh, you know, if you're a pastor, you should at least bring one more person into ministry to replace yourself. Obviously, you hope you do more than that, but but uh, there, there you go. You're meeting the goal. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> per church, per <laughs> church, not just one per person. Um, you mentioned Carl. Uh, he's going to be a guest with us in a few weeks. Uh, it's it, it evolves around when I get to get down to his neck of the woods, which is going to come up uh, here later in September. But uh, tell us a little bit about what the Academy is, and then we're going to walk through different ways that people could pursue CLM if they're interested in that. But let's start off with the Academy. Tell us what that is and, and the types of folks you work with there. Carl created the Academy uh, probably nearly 30 years ago now because he saw at that time a need for laity to be pardon me, to be uh, trained up so that we could serve in more ways than were open to us at that time. And so the academy has 
has been an ongoing concern ever since. And what he does is a is a deep exploration of, of ministry from a, uh, several several uh, areas. Each month in the Foundations of Ministry class, we do a lectionary study for the next month's sermon series. And uh, we discuss how to craft a sermon using those scriptures. We read a book each month on ministry in the small membership church in some way, anywhere from Lou Parks to Love at Weems. And then uh, as part of each session, we, we discuss an issue in the local church, and students can bring an issue if there's one uh, open, or we always have a default, you know, that, so that... It's always good to have one in your hip pocket. It's, it's not good to have dead air. And and so we we have a, a prep, and in nine months' time, uh, the foundations class is completed, and they're ready to do about anything in, in in certified lay ministry. They will still, after the foundations course, though, be short the uh, Old Testament class, the New Testament class, and a preaching class even though we spend a great deal of time in the Old Testament, the New Testament, and working on preaching, but those are still separate uh, requirements that the conference has because those are the most significant those, to be able to know. Those are the know. nitty-gritty where the rubber meets the road. It's a good idea if you're going to preach to know the Bible a little bit, <laughs> at, at least have cracked the cover a time or two. So um, that is one of the methods for going into certified lay ministry. The conference also utilizes the four modules that came out of out of Nashville. If, if someone chooses to go the four modules route, they still will also do the preaching Old Testament and New Testament. And that's the route I took okay. uh, uh, back when uh, Dave Brandt was uh, the coordinator for lay ministry in uh, the Great Plains Conference. Uh, those modules were just kind of new. Uh, they're taught by, uh, I believe, an elder out of the East Ohio Conference. Pretty sure it's East Ohio. It might have been West Ohio. But anyway, he taught all four modules. And so I did those. But if you do the four modules, you still take from the conference, Old Testament, New Testament, and preaching. I will have to say that those three classes were the most challenging, for me anyway. And I thought they were the ones that prepared me the best uh, because of the way that they were, uh, they were structured and the grading uh, of, of your papers and the final pre you, you get together as a group and preach in front of each other. Uh, it's kind of a marathon preaching day. Um, it's kind of fun. Actually. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Now that's if you do the four modules. Uh, I just thought the four modules were a little simplistic after the first one. Uh, so if fo folks ask me, I try to give a very honest answer to that. doesn't mean that it's not valuable. doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. It just means that I think if you aren't prepared in some other ways, uh, then maybe you're just not going to be quite ready to handle what comes your way once you're at the church. Now, the other route that the conference has is you take 11 classes. Those Old Testament, New Testament, and preaching are three of the 11. Uh, and then we have uh, elders and deacons and some other folks that teach some of those other classes. And I, I did not go that route. I know other people who have. They seem to really enjoy those. Uh, but uh, anyway, so we have three avenues, and and so you can fit 
fit it one of three different ways. My, my guess is if you go with Carl's Academy, uh, you probably will run into the, some of the same people and you'll really build some bonds with some of those folks, I would think. Yes. Talk, yes. To, talk to us a little bit about that because camaraderie isn't just something nice to have in ministry. It's really something you need to have in ministry. Absolutely right. Uh, it amazes me how folks from different conferences meeting only by Zoom for three hours a month can become siblings within one or two sessions. But we, we have managed to find a place where people can come together, explore their call, get excited by each other, and uh, really form amazing bonds. And, and it's a thrill every year. And as Carl will tell you, uh, I get to beat him to the punch since I, I'm doing my interview first. But we, we tell our students that we plagiarize like crazy from the wonderful ideas they bring to the lectionary studies because sometimes somebody will just bring a new perspective that, wow, unlocks the whole idea. And uh, so we, we share and grow together. It's not a student-to-teacher course. It is more a collaboration with two more experienced and, and some who are less, but, but less experienced, not less in any other way, but less experienced. It sounds a lot like how Disciple Bible Study is put together. You have a facilitator that has a little bit more experience than the class, but the people in the class teach the instructor just as much as, as the other way around. At least that's been my experience. So. Very much so. Yeah. And the, the four modules, actually, when I wrote the letter to the district committee, the four modules hadn't been created yet. Mm-hmm. So um, I, was, I was just so anxious and excited to get started. I didn't want to wait. So I, I used what was available at the time. And then knowing that it, there was the possibility that I was going to be the first, I didn't really want to have an asterisk by my name that said, first, kind of. So when the modules actually came out, I purchased them and did them as a self-study. So okay. I can speak a little bit to both the academy and to the, to the modules. And I'll admit a, a bias because I've had so much fun working with the academy. But I think, I think the academy is a wonderful way to go for uh, that training, just for the camaraderie and the, and the fact that once they've been a student at the academy, they have access to all the instructors forever. Mm-hmm. Carl and I would never turn away somebody that calls four or five years later and said, I took your foundations class and I don't have a clue what I'm doing <laughs> and and we'll work it through. Oh. I, I, w- I will say, so it sounded like I was totally bagging on the, on the modules. I, let me clarify something. The modules work really well. They're very heavy on the administration of the church. That's my assessment. They really focus on the administration of the church, the day-to-day operations of the church, uh, not so much on the hands-on ministry of the church. Whereas I think the academy is going to get into more of, of uh, exegeting scripture and, and, and uh, focusing on what our mission is as, a, as the United Methodist Church. And I believe that the classes that the conference offers, the 11 classes, I think are very much more, here's the hands-on part of ministry. So 
don't want to make it sound like no, don't do the modules. No, because I did the modules. I, I, I'm I'm one of those graduates. I'm the one that did the, one of those that did that. But uh, they just have different points of emphasis, as you would expect, based on the passions of the people who put those together or the purposes of them at the time that they were developed. Yes, absolutely. And and having the three options, not uh, not one of the three options is right for every single candidate right. for certified lay ministry. But I truly believe that one of the three options is right for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I think there is one for everybody. It's just not necessarily the same one. Yep, I totally agree. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Jada Hudson. We'll be back in just a few moments after this message. Join me, Ashley Alley Crawford, and me, Shelley Pets as we host conversations with and for clergy in order to describe what's happening, ask questions about how God is at work in our midst, and encourage the heart of pastors and leaders in this liminal time in which we find ourselves. Our show is called At the Threshold because we know that we are in the midst of change in this season. You can subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app. Also, check out our website at greatplains.org slash at dash the dash threshold for more resources related to each topic. Our goal with each conversation is to find a little light at the threshold. Matthew 28 tells us to make disciples of Jesus Christ, but how can you do that? You can help by providing some inspiration each morning to someone else. Just go to www.greatplainsumc.org slash dailydevotions. Once there, you'll find a QR code and a link to a sign-up page. Pick your day and your topic. If you need some assistance, there's even a link to the Vanderbilt University Daily Lectionary. Follow the instructions for submitting your devotion, and you've done your part to help inspire and encourage others in their Christian walk. Again, that's www.greatplainsumc.org dailydevotions. Help make more disciples today. Welcome back to In Layman's Terms. In this episode, we're exploring an interview I recently conducted with Jada Hodson, a certified lay minister serving Plum Creek United Methodist Church near Paola, Kansas. We're talking about Jada's background, her view on lay leadership in the local church, and the ways lay people can pursue certification as a lay servant, lay speaker, or, like her, a lay minister. Here's more of my conversation with Jada. Uh, when there was a circuit rider riding around, that person couldn't be there for worship every week because those circuits sometimes were 200 miles or more in, in circumference on a horse or on foot. And so they would only really see their elder once every four to six to maybe eight weeks. Somebody else had to run the boat, <laughs> pilot the ship while, while that person was gone. And so lay people did that. Um, in that era, we called them exhorters. <laughs> uh, but the reality is they were certified lay ministers. Uh, that's really what they were. So it's a good chance for us to kind of get back to our roots, which, by the way, was when the, the Methodist movement was growing and expanding because it was sharing the real love and hope of Jesus Christ in a person's life 
uh, as opposed to some of the things bureaucratically that we get involved with now that, that cause some angst with people and we won't go down that dirt road today. But, uh, but as far as lay people in general, uh, talk about how important it is for lay people to be involved in the ministries of the church. In other words, it's not just, oh, you're the person we hired to be the pastor, so this ministry is your job. What is, what is the task of the lay person uh, to serve out their calling in the local church? Well, I think the answer may vary a little by size of the church. I have been blessed to be part of small membership churches all my life. And, and in the small membership church, we find that we don't assign things to a committee or a task force. Um, as they said in, in Chariots of Fire, we are the committee. And so... Um, in, in the small membership church, which is where certified lay ministers really can thrive, it's a, it's a partnership, it's a family, and so for the advancement of the family, whoever sees the need steps up and tries to address it. But it is, there is not one minister alive today and walking the earth who has the capacity to do everything that is necessary in ministry. And so without a partnership with the laity, some major important things will not happen. So um, the United Methodist men at the Plum Creek Church that I serve have had a, a breakfast on the third Saturday of the month for 20 years. And they use that as an opportunity to invite the community into fellowship and their fundraising goes to local ministries. To uh, They have a fire fund, so if somebody is in, in trouble, in urgent need, they help with that. Um, they've supported Heifer Project and a number of other things. But there is just this wonderful sense of community that's formed in that as uh, it's down to four guys that, that do that breakfast and serve about 100 people a month. And, and we have folks from different denominations that come and be part of the, the breakfast, and I've dubbed them Third Saturday Methodist. Uh, and then they, they go home to their churches, but they have a warm spot in their hearts for the United Methodist Church because they were warmly welcomed in ours. Mm-hmm. So I think, the, I think the role of the laity is being able to go comfortably into the places where the pastor there's automatically a step back, oh, I'm in the presence of a pastor. Whereas if it's somebody that I've worked with every day and known and gone to lunch with and da-da-da. It's just Joe. Yeah. It's just Betty. And they're safe. And so I can ask a question that I might not feel comfortable taking Mm -hmm. home to my pastor. And so laity have that evangelism opportunity because there's that native network of the people that they work with, the other T-ball parents, the mm-hmm. you know the the dance moms, the all these other people that they interact with daily, they have access to these folks, and and it it can be dangerous for a pastor to sometimes just be so overwhelmed with the administration that you spoke of earlier to kind of bunker down sometimes and not be able to be out in the community like they'd like to be. Mm-hmm. Well, there's also the very real, the real 
well, just the reality that we have to deal with. The church belongs to the laity. In the United Methodist denomination, the pastor is not a member of the local church. The pastor is a member of the conference, in most cases anyway, especially if they're an elder. Um, and then they move. I mean, you're a CLM. You're serving your third congregation now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've moved twice just since becoming a CLM. That means that even non-ordained people can get moved. Um, the people, though, are still there uh, after that. And so the folks who are members of that church or attenders of that church who are serving in, in that church, they're the ones that actually run the church. So don't give that up to your pastor. That's my, <laughs> that's my, that's my secret for you. Um, and I think CLMs, what we can do is try to f- come alongside the lay people within our church and just help them understand that uh, this is their this is their congregation, the mission work that they're going to do, the service they're going to provide, the people they're going to love, they're going to continue to do that long after somebody else is in the office uh, or somebody else is at the pulpit. Um, so I just think that's something that people need to understand and recognize that the church really belongs to the lay people. And, and it seems to me the churches that embrace that are the ones that are most successful. Yes. And the really great opportunity for a certified lay minister is to show that laity can do all kinds of things. And so when an elder is appointed, um, they say, well, yes, but they've been to seminary and they've been through CPE and they've been through all of these this training and process. But when a certified lay minister walks in and says, I'm going to miss the board meeting this month because I've got clients that can only come in that evening. And you see that that the the person who is appointed or assigned as your pastor also has a secular work. It says to the people in the pews that they have the capacity to do it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if Jada can do it, maybe we can, too. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so that's an opportunity that we have, and I think that's why I've been able to help launch three certified lay ministers from the congregations that I serve. They have known me well enough to know, well, if Jada can do it, yay, let's go for it. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, really exciting to get to do that. So we've talked a lot about certified lay ministry, lay people in general. Uh, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want people to know or have them understand about anything related to laity involving in the church? One thing that I would encourage anybody to do, and this is an unpaid political announcement, but I I am also on the district committee for the Five Rivers District for Lay Servant Ministries, and, and we believe very strongly that anybody who wants to be active in the church, take a leadership role, and just want to know more and be better at it than they were before, to take that basic course in lay servant ministry and just explore the various different ministries that are out there. So I'd encourage anybody that has any interest in leadership within the local church to, to sign up for a basic course. And um, in, in the Five Rivers and Parsons District, we have now created a—our uh, district superintendent has created a, a method of scholarshiping folks for the basic course. So um, it's a chance to explore and seek out, you know, new worlds, new civilizations. And you don't even have to be in the Five Rivers District to do it, because I know you're getting ready to teach one online. 
<laughs> on Zoom. Yes. Uh, my wife and I taught one in person uh, in June, the end of June, uh, back in Lawrence in the Five Rivers District. But uh, Jada and who is it? Marve Ralston? Yes, so, it is. Uh, so the district administrative assistant are going to be teaching on Zoom the basic class. If you want to explore that, go to greatplainsumc.org. At the very top, you're going to see, uh, uh, I believe it's Laity. And inside there is a training button. You click it, and it takes you to a page. And all of the districts that have shared their training dates with us and their flyers are posted there. You can register, uh, learn more about what classes are being offered. It's just a good opportunity for you to stay involved. And you do not have to go to a class in your district. If you, uh, here's a great example. Um, I live in Lawrence. Lawrence is in the tippy top of the Five Rivers District. There are some times when it may actually be advantageous for me to go to something in the Topeka District or in Kansas City because it may actually be closer than something that's in the southern part of the Five Rivers District. Uh, that's perfectly fine. Uh, another option for you is BeADisciple.com. has lay servant classes. Uh, and talk about variety. Uh, last time I looked, there's 120-something classes in their catalog. Uh, shameless plug, uh, or during Lent, I teach one on the book of Acts that we use it to explore the local church and what we can do better for our local church by looking at what the people who were launching the church went through and, and how they dealt with things. Uh, so it's a lot of fun for me to teach that class. Um, I've only done it a couple times. I look forward, I look forward to doing it next, next Lenten season, but, uh, that's not, let me clarify, that's not one of the laser classes. <laughs> it's a Bible study. You'll find all kinds of Bible studies there too, but they make it really easy for you. They label it lay servant uh, uh, ministry as at, in, in one of the columns so you can see which ones qualify for advanced courses. Or uh, I don't believe they teach the basic course because usually we try to do the basic course in person or set it up specifically like what Jade is doing for, um, uh, for people who are online. So you get a little personal touch. Uh, when it comes to the basic class. And usually that means you can make, I think you make friends that way. I think you meet people who aren't necessarily in your in your church or in your circle of friends. You get to meet new people and to start the exploration process. Yes. And I am delighted that you mentioned the, the conference website and the, the lay servant ministries. We mentioned earlier and kind of glossed by some of the requirements for a certified lay speaker all of that information is right there on the conference website. So just go click around and explore and see what's there. And uh, then there's also a list of the email addresses for the district directors for lay servant ministries. So if there are questions, email your director and say, hey, I, I'm kind of, sort of, maybe thinking about <laughs> perhaps mm -hmm. doing this. Right. And right. Uh, what's next? So, um, you know, or when you feel the urging of the Spirit, it's better to answer. That's right. Just that's ask right. Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> Safety tip right there. Yeah, that's right. Well, Jada, thanks so much for taking time to meet with us today on In Layman's Terms. Thank you, Todd. I want to thank Jada Hodson for taking time to meet with me and talk about lay ministry in the local church. I know I enjoyed our time together, and I hope you did too. 
Stay tuned over the next few weeks for a few more episodes about CLMs, other forms of lay ministry, and how you can get involved in serving Christ by serving your local church and, by extension, the community around you. Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifer. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please go rate us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps other people find us. And please, if you feel so inclined, share us on Facebook or other social media. Our music comes via a licensed subscription with FirstCom Music. You can find archived podcasts on my website, toddseifert.com, or via a link on the conference website, greatplainsumc.org slash podcasts. Feel free to email me any questions or suggestions to tcypher at greatplainsumc.org, and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.